John 5 and verse 6. See, I'm going to have to contend a little bit with the sun this evening. And uh, I think it will soon pass by. (laughs) uh, John 5 and verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that this impotent man had been now a long time in that case, 38 years, he saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? Well, that's going to be the thrust of our message uh, this evening. Will thou be made whole? But uh, applied, of course, uh, spiritually uh, to our souls. We're thinking, oh, as we always do, about our souls. And the question is that our subject is, do you want to be saved? Do you want to be saved? Do you really want to be saved? Well, Jesus asked this question of this impotent man, will thou be made whole? A man who had been lying by this pool at Bethesda, or the, called the Bethesda Pool in Jerusalem, with the five porches alongside many other impotent folk, blind and lame and uh, disabled in some way. And they were all there gathered around that pool waiting for that, the stirring of the water, waiting for that angel to come and uh, the bubbles and maybe in that water to, uh, to start stirring. And uh, probably that was some kind of sign, an indication that the angel has touched the waters. And one, they all rushed, every man for himself. The first one to get in there was healed of his disease. And it seems to have been uh, a true and real event that happened. How often it happened, we have no idea. Was it annually, monthly, or at random? No one could tell. So here, all these people were gathered uh, together around this pool, and one of them is uh, this particular man, this impotent man. And he's been lying there for years. He's been lying there, here we're told, for 38 years, coming and going day after day, being brought there probably by his friends, either carried there or they helped him. Somebody put his arm around somebody or one or two friends and they brought him to that place in the morning and in the evening they would take him back home again. Perhaps when he first went there, he was full of hope, full of anticipation. Oh, there's a chance for you for me to be healed. There's a chance for me to walk again. He was impotent in his feet. He couldn't, he couldn't get from one place to another. And this was his hope. But every time there's the st- water stirred and the angel came down, well, somebody beat him to it. He was never in that first place. He never uh, got uh, a healing. Uh, favor uh, never fell upon him, not once. And year after year, he is in this condition. Poor chap, you know. Day after day, he's, he's there. Month after month, year after year. 38 years. That's a long time. That's a generation. Almost a generation. Think of all the changes that he must have seen around him. He must have seen great changes even in Jerusalem and the, 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 the city over that a large period of time. You go back 38 years uh, from uh, today. Well, that takes us back to 1985. Do you remember life in London in 1985? Well, it's quite different 
from what it is today. Some things are the same, some buildings are still the same, but there are new roads, there are new buildings, skyscrapers have gone up, there's new fashions in place, there's new uh, hairstyles, clothing, all the cars even are so very different to what they were in those times. London in 2023 is vastly, I think, different after a generation of changes that have taken place. So this man, surely he must have observed in Jerusalem and uh, a number of things changing, uh, changing round about him. But one thing didn't change. One thing remained constant. There was just this one constant year after year after year, and that was his physical state. He was impotent on day one. He was impotent now, still at the end of 38 years. His, his deformity, his infirmity had never changed. He was still remained the same. And friends, that's the case uh, spiritually for many as well. They are spiritually paralyzed. There are people who are spiritually impotent. They have no connection with God. They have no power with God. They have no walk with God. They have no contact with their maker. God is some distant person to them. God is somebody who is far away and who is not concerned with their personal lives. A distant person, somebody maybe they recognize as a supreme being, but he is, he is not somebody that they relate to and connect with. They have no prayer life. There is no worship about this particular person. He worships perhaps other things. He worships material things. Or there are other things, but, but not the great God. There's no spiritual aspect to him. There's no rising up of thanksgivings and gratitude and looks of love and appreciation for what God has done for him. There's nothing like that. It's all material things. It's all to do with this life. And this spirit, the spiritual part of them is, well, it's, it's wasted. It's useless. It's impotent. There's no power, spiritual power. There. There's no faith in Christ in this person. He just goes through day after day in this condition, year after year, just like this man. He's going through, uh, he remained in the same condition. So these friends are spiritually impotent year after year. They move from uh, youth into adulthood. Maybe they get married. Maybe they have children. They have a family. They get a good job and life treats them well and their circumstances change and they're doing well for themselves perhaps. But then they're still spiritually impotent. There's still no connection. Spiritually paralyzed. The other day, or in fact just yesterday, we were out in the open air and I saw a man, and uh, he was begging, and he, was, he couldn't use his right foot. His right foot was twisted uh, inward, and uh, he had to drag it along with him wherever he walked. And he walked with his left hand, he had the cup uh, holding out for uh, some donations, and but wherever he walked, he had to drag along this right leg with him. And that's what people are like. It's spiritual, isn't it? You go through life, but they're dragging alongside them, this uh, spiritual, uh, spiritually impotent, spiritually dead soul. Circumstances may change, 
but that part of it remains the same. They move perhaps into in, in later in life, they move into retirement, they move to a lovely beautiful area by the coast and they get a nice little cottage there and outwardly nice and peaceful and they feel well now I can relax and everything and so they can but still they haven't been converted. Still there's no life towards the Lord. They are still disconnected. They're dragging wherever they go, they're dragging with them a soul disconnected with their God. This is the one constant that's remained with them year after year after year. The circumstances and their environment changes. Oh, friends, this, when Jesus saw uh, this man, well, he knew. He knew because he is God. He knew uh, by his divine power, by his omniscient power, that this man had been there uh, for such a long time, in such a sorry state, for 38 years, and he puts to him this question. Verse 6, will thou be made whole? Do you want to be well? Oh, it's such a strange question. Lord, what are you saying? Of course he wants to be well. It's such an unusual question. It takes us by complete uh, surprise. We are saying, well, of course uh, he wants to be healed. Of course he, he, this man... Surely he longs to be healed. It's so obvious, Lord. Why are you asking this question? Uh, will thou be made whole? Can't you see? He's there. He's lame. He can't walk. And if he's been there for so long, so surely it's a question that doesn't need to be asked. It's not so long ago we were traveling. We were on holiday in, uh, in uh, Tanzania. And uh, we were walking along the street. And uh, my brother dropped a 20-pound 20, 20 note right in front of a beggar. And the beggar got to the note before my brother did. And soon there was a, a, a tug of war between the two of them, which he eventually won. But, uh, well, my brother won. But if you'd said to that beggar, well, would you like a 20-pound note? He said, of course I would. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even think twice about it. He would take it with both hands. If you said to one of the homeless people on our, on our streets, would you like a nice, comfortable, cozy home instead of this damp, wet, cold pavements that you're sleeping on? Surely they would say, of course I would. I would, I love, I would love to have my own place. Would a consultant say uh, to a sick patient, who is dying of an incurable disease and who is lying on his hospital bed, perhaps in great pain, and would that consultant say, well, do you want the pain to go? Do you want to be healed completely of this disease? Do you want to be completely cured of it? Would the consultant say that? Of course he won't. He wouldn't ask that because it's so obvious the person wants to be healed. Or is it? Is it? Is it obvious? Well, friends, the Lord can see things that we cannot see because not everyone really wants to be healed. The Lord knows the heart much better than we do. And it's quite possible that this man, in this uh, case, uh, didn't want to be healed. 
It's quite possible that he got him so used to his condition. As we said at the beginning, maybe, yeah, he said, I want to be healed. I want to be d- d- delivered. I want to be, uh, have this uh, touch from the angels and the waters. And the, I want to feel the effects of this healing waters. But maybe year after year after year, he got used to his condition. Maybe he even got to feel, oh, oh, it's actually not bad being in this condition. There are actually some benefits from being in this condition. I don't have to work. I don't have to go to work. You know what? I'm not obligated to do anything. Suddenly, my obligations and responsibilities have come to almost zero. I'm not accountable to anybody. No one expects anything from me anymore. Now that I'm in this condition, people just leave me alone. People let me be. I can get on and do what I want to do. Perhaps some kind soul brought him food every day. I felt sorry for him and served him with food. Perhaps people passing by I fell for him. Oh, this poor chap. We saw him at the feast last year and he's still here this year. Oh, we should give him some, some coins and they, perhaps they put some money in his bag. Oh, there were some advantages, isn't it, uh, for him? So perhaps this question was necessary. Perhaps this, this man needed to hear it. Will thou be made whole? Well, we know that even if we bring it uh, to today, uh, not every sick person, surprisingly, maybe we think, uh, wants to be healed. Many people, well, they don't take the the medicine the doctor prescribes for them uh, for various reasons and non-adherence when it comes to taking the medication because something else is affecting their mind maybe. For, uh, and I'll just give you four, uh, four, uh, four reasons, four excuses why people may not want to be healed. Firstly, some, there are some who just don't believe the diagnosis. They don't believe that they are sick. You've got high blood pressure. I don't know, but I feel fine. High blood pressure, they call it, I think, the silent disease. And uh, because you don't feel any, very much the side effects of, of, of it or the symptoms of it. I don't have any symptoms. I don't feel sick. Oh, I don't need to be, take any medication for blood pressure or whatever it is. I'm, I'm okay. I'm perfectly fine. That's one reason. Then there are others uh, who who know that they are sick, but they don't want the medication because they say, well, if, if I take this medication, well, that's going to affect the quality of my life. And I, I, I'm not prepared for that. I'm not prepared to reduce the quality of my life. I like the way my life is. I, the chemotherapy, oh, the, the operation I may have to go through, oh, the, the transfusions, the hospital visits, Oh, that's all going to affect me. It's going to take away my energy and my, my love for life. And I'm going to have to give up other things in order to do this one thing. It's going to make my life worse. I don't want to go down that route. And then there are others. Uh, well, they just don't trust the doctors. Uh, they just refuse to take the medication because they've been on the internet. And they've heard all the stories probably about... Uh, it's not good, don't, uh, what your doctor's telling you is not true. Or perhaps they've heard some true stories about pharmaceuticals who've been whining and dining the doctors 
And so they just don't trust the doctor when he prescribes medication uh, for them. And then finally, there's another group, and uh, these are some who actually, believe it or not, they like to be sick. They like to be sick. They've gotten used to that condition. Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be well? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't want to be well. I'm getting a lot of attention. You know, people are visiting me. People are feeling sorry for me. I like it. I can do as I please. People are serving me. I get all my food delivered to me. I can just do very little. People feel sorry for me, take pity on me. Oh, they give me presents. They send me cards. Oh, I like it. It's my advantage. It's my gain. I can claim sickness benefit. I can claim housing benefit. I can claim the other benefits. I don't need to do anything. It all come to me on a plate. Oh, you see? That's how some people think that even where sickness is concerned. Our oh, friends, will thou be made whole? The Lord asked the paralyzed man. The question for us is, do you want to be saved? Do you really want to be saved? Now, oh yes, pastor, I want to be saved. I want to, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, pastor. Of course I want to be saved. That's not the question. The question is, do you want to be saved from sin? Do you want to be saved from a life of sin? Are you willing, are you ready to give up your sin? Are you ready to give up your rebellion and to live for the Lord? Are you willing now to yield your life over to, to Christ and to live for His glory? The question is, do you want to be reconciled with God? and at peace with Him, and serve Him, and obey Him, and spend the rest of your days and eternity worshipping Him, loving Him, serving Him, obeying Him, doing His will? That's the question. Are you saved? Everything is in that. Well, just as people make excuses for not taking medication, uh, people also make uh, excuses uh, when it comes to answering this question, do you want to be saved? And those very four uh, reasons I gave, I just want to apply it even to us here with this spiritual question. Firstly, do you want to be saved? No, I don't need to be saved. There are, there are no symptoms. I'm not a sinner. I'm not a bad person. There are no such symptoms that say I need to be saved. In fact, it's the very opposite. I'm a good person. I'm a churchgoer. I, I don't drink alcohol, little tipple here and there. That's it. But otherwise, I, you know, it's, I, I'm not a, an alcoholic. I, I like clean things in my life. I don't like, uh, uh, I don't like to uh, uh, live in a bad way. I like to be neighborly and polite. I don't cause trouble to others, to my neighbors. In fact, my neighbors all speak very well of me. They pat me on the back. They say how lovely I am. And uh, I agree with that. I don't need the new life. My, mine is sufficient. I'm, I'm ready to go to heaven as I am. They, so no, thank you. I don't want to be saved. So we move on to another person. Do you want to be saved? Oh, no. No, no, no. If I believe in the Lord, 
then life is going to be so negative. I'm going to lose that quality of life. Life is going to lose that spark that it has, that I now have. Life is going to become boring as a Christian. Everything's going to be so negative. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't, don't go here, don't go there. And then, you know what, I'll have to listen every week to boring sermons. I'll have to go to meet with boring people and talk about boring subjects. I don't want that. I don't want that kind of a life. That sounds so restrictive. Do I want to be saved for that kind of a life? No, thank you. It's not for me. We move on to number three. Person number three. Well, how about you, friend? Do you want to be saved? No, I don't want to be saved either. Well, why not? Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid about what this will cost me. I'm fearful well, about becoming a Christian. I'm afraid that if I give my life to the Lord, well, He'll take me for a ride. I don't know what He'll do with me. I don't know, well, you know, giving my whole life, oh no, that's quite a fearful thing for me to do. I'm not sure I can trust this Jesus. I'm not confident. Where will it take me to hand over the reins of my life to the Lord Jesus? Well, that makes me fearful. I'm afraid. I'm not persuaded I should follow him. So no thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. This is not for me. So we move on to the fourth and the final person. How about you, friend? Do you want to be saved? Surely you do. No, no, no. Definite no. I like my life as it is. I don't need a new life. I like my sin. I love my sin. I love to live for myself. I enjoy being selfish. I enjoy just making my own decisions, being the manager of my own life. I don't want to go to church on Sunday. I want to lie in. I want to wake up late. I want to have a brunch. I want to wake up and have my uh, watch TV and watch the sports on TV and then go shopping in the evening. That's how I want to spend my Sundays. Oh, this new life, well, it may put me out of pocket, I think, because it'll make me, have, I'll have to be honest. Do you know what? I, at the moment, when I fill in my tax returns, well, I fiddle the figures a bit. It's okay. Oh, the government's got lots of money. It doesn't matter. A little bit here, they won't notice it, and I need the money. Well, my family needs the money, my kids need the money. They're asking for all these things, I need, I need the money. And I like to watch dirty stuff. Yeah, I like to watch it, really. I like all these impure things. Oh, I get a thrill when I'm talking with my lads talk with my family, with my friends. All oh, those suggestive comments that they make. Yeah, I like it, I like it. It's uh, all banter, but yeah, it's good fun. I can't give these things up. That's my life. I'm enjoying it. I love it. Do you want to be saved? No. Oh, friends, people come up with all sorts of reasons why they don't want the Lord. Oh, that you would answer, your answer would be different. Oh, that you would answer yes to this particular question. Yes, Lord, do you want to be saved? Yes, Lord, with all my heart. 
I want to be saved, and I want to be saved from sin. Sin has been my ruin. Sin has destroyed me. Sin has destroyed my relationships. It's ruining my relationships with other people. I see now that sin is an evil thing. I see now that sin is a terrible thing. And I I see it because also I see that you are holy, and it's an offense against you, it's rebellion. My life has one, been one of rebellion against you. And I see how that has so offended you. You've been so good. You've been so kind to me. You've provided uh, me with life and so many blessings. Yet I've taken all these and never once have I expressed any gratitude to you. And so if you punish me, well, it would be what I justly deserve. It would be right. I know you are holy. I know you are just. I know you do everything well. But Lord, you're also merciful. Lord, you're also a forgiving God. Lord, I want to be saved. Christ has come. Christ has died on the cross. Christ has made an atonement for sinners, for his sake, because his blood has been shed. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me one of your own. Lord, grant me a new life. I'm done with the old. I'm done with that old life. I'm ready, Lord, to, to follow you. Grant me a personal relationship with you. That's our friends. That's the kind of words we can uh, answer to this question. Do you want uh, to be saved? Yes, Lord, I do. Friends, if you come in this way, the Lord will hear your cry. He will be gracious to you. He will put spiritual life in your dead soul. You will do it. You don't have to do it. He will do it, just like he did for this man. Look at verse 8. Jesus saith to him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. The Lord spoke and power entered into this man's legs, and he was able to walk again. And strength came to him in a moment. Miracle, friends. And you will know also when you turn to the Lord, in a moment, oh, the Lord, when he speaks into your soul, power will be given to you, and you'll be able to walk with God. You'll be able to relate to him, to pray to him, and to live for him, to know him in a personal way, and to be known of him. Well, the question comes back, will you be made whole? What's your answer, friends? Yes or no? The Lord is passing by, and he brings this question home to your conscience now. Through the preaching that you hear this evening, he brings this question home to you. Do you want to be saved? How will you reply? It may be perhaps that this is the last time that you hear him ask. It may be that you will never again hear him press this question upon your mind and your conscience as he is doing tonight. It may be that uh, he, you will never have be so impressed and desirous to follow the Lord and to give yourself to him. It may be if you turn it down. It may be that the next time the voice comes, do you want to be saved? 
It may be, your response may be, well, I've heard it all before. I've heard it all before. And it makes no impression upon you. And your heart, as a result, becomes harder and harder and harder till you're not able to turn to Him anymore. Respond now. Today, if you will hear His voice, the Lord says, harden not your heart, but turn to Him. Turn to the Lord Jesus. Ask Him to save you. Lord, save me. Yes, Lord, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a believer. I want to be in a relationship, a right relationship with you. Save me, forgive me, heal my soul, and grant me new life. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for your marvelous grace that comes to us and calls us even to faith in Christ and to press home these questions uh, even to our consciences. O oh Lord, come uh, by your Spirit and touch our minds and hearts that we may receive these words as from you and that our response may be in the affirmative and we may acknowledge our need of salvation. Lord, bless us each one we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's close by singing our final hymn, number 416, Physician of my sin-sick soul, 416. Mm -hmm.